Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are on a regular schedule now, Jeremy. Extra bases with Bristol and Booth. Jeremy, World Baseball Classic. Rosters are out. Do you, do you care about the World Baseball Classic? But for me, I'm not really that into it. But maybe once the games get going, kind of like the Olympics, I'm not really into it. But once the games get going, maybe then I'll I'll, I'll flip them on. What's your overall take on the World Baseball Classic? Be, I think it's a hell of an experience for the guys playing it. I mean, I saw that Bo Naylor was named as the uh, yes uh, as a catcher for Team Canada, um, deservedly so. Um, I didn't see the rest of the roster. I'm assuming Josh is on that as well. Josh um, is not on the roster, actually. For real? Yeah. Really interesting. Interesting. Well, Bo's in it. Um, you know, he's he was the uh, making that selection good by Cleveland at 28, right behind that 27th overall selection. Seth, have another beer. Um, you know, so it's it was uh, I'm good for happy for him. Um, you know, I look, I think it's it's an experience. I actually like the event that MLB does with this. I like the uh, uh, the way they go about this, the collaboration on it. So. Um, not against it, not necessarily in love with it. I don't like the timing of it. I'll tell you that. I think the timing of it's tough. These guys should be with their own teams and, and their clubs. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is. Comes around every couple of years and the players seem to like it. So go all for it. I just don't know when you could do it. After the season with guys who aren't in the World Series? Like, Well, that's why you do it now. I mean, you know, there is no perfect time to <laughs> no, do I, it. I know, you know that's why you do it now. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of yeah. another option. Well, there, there isn't one. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's not, it's not, there's no perfect timing or, or setting yeah, because for this then you've event. got, you just got to do it. Yeah. The uh, United States roster, Pete Alonzo, Tim Anderson, Nolan Arenado, Mookie Betts, Paul Goldschmidt, Kyle Higashi, the dude from the Yankees, <laughs> Higashioka, man, whew. Jeff McNeil, Cedric Mullins, Real Muto, Schwarber, Will Smith, Mike Trout, Kyle Tucker, Trey Turner, Bobby Witt. Jason Which Adams. Will Smith? I knew you were going to ask me that. No, Is it's the, the outfielder. No, it's the outfielder because he's not in. He'd be listed in the pitcher pool. Jason so Adams. Catcher. Yeah. Daniel Bard, David Bednar, Nestor Cortez, Kendall Graveman, Merrill Kelly, Clayton Kershaw, Lance Lynn, Nick Martinez. That's a, that's a good team. Those are good players. You know, it's uh. Three Astros, did I hear that right? Three two. or two. two? Two, yeah. That, that's a good, I mean, that's a good team. Well, I guess Kendall Graven still should have been an Astro, but they decided to walk, so that'd be three. But uh, Brooks Raley. Is he on that team? Yes, he is on the team. They're from Brooks. I loved him out of college, couldn't get him, had a good number on him. Um, yeah, no, look, it, it's it's, I don't want to say it's not Jeter and that crew because um, it's a pretty good team. I mean, Goldsmith's a hell of a player. Um, Tim Anderson's a hell of a player. Real Muto's, and it's, it's just, it's a really good team. Um, you know, but in those type of things, the world is, is going to be, is going to be as talented. It's not a lot for the world, you know, for the, uh, for the U.S. You have Dominican's going to be loaded. Japan's going to be loaded. Right? I mean, Otani's going to play for Japan, right? So, um, you know, he's a New Balance guy now, by the way. Shohei yeah, we haven't talked Otani. about that. We didn't talk about Shohei Otani joining New Balance. That is, I mean, that has the potential to be massive for New Balance. Massive. most, Arguably the most popular baseball player in the world. And the best. You know, what he's done is is really um, 
what he's able to do and what he's done is 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 unique. It's a once in a life, literally a once in a lifetime thing. Guys don't do that today. They're not all stars on both both ways. You know, what I mean? the all star is a pitcher, he's an all star as a hitter. That's hard to do. Um, so it's it's so hard to do. He's the only one that's done it in in a hundred years. It's it's impossible. So, um, you know, yeah, he's the best player on the planet, and and he's a New Balance guy, and we got now and all those things that go with it. I'm excited to get to Asia. Talked about going to WBC today myself. Um, don't know if that's going to happen. Um, it's Wait, you're thinking of going to Asia for the World Baseball Classic? I am. Wow. Not Probably not going to happen. There's a lot going on here with the initiatives that we have. Of course, spring training is around the corner. We'll be there next week or two weeks from now. So, um, you know, it, it's the WBC, as long as guys don't get hurt, it's great. There is no other time to do it. Um, I think this, you know, be with their clubs is a risk, but – you know, that said, uh, guys have injury histories or they're getting healthy. You know, those are, those guys aren't participating. So, um, you know, it should be a lot of fun with the tournament. You know, U.S. has a pretty good roster. Japan's got a pretty good roster. I can only imagine what the Dominican looks like. You know, that's got to be really talented as well. So, Italy has uh, David Fletcher and Matt Harvey. Yep. David Fletcher, another guy I liked. We talked about his report. Couldn't get him taken either. Um, pretty good player. Pretty good player. Uh, Dominican has a what MLB.com is calling a possible murderer's row. <laughs> Devers, Machado, Rodriguez, Eloy Jimenez, Juan Soto, Vlad Guerrero Jr. The rotation, you have Sandy from the Marlins, Javier, Cueto. I got to think that Dominican Republic is is the favorite to win it, No. That'd be my pick. I mean, that's a pretty good lineup. You know, I, I don't uh, – I think Venezuela, them in the U.S. got him. Venezuela, Venezuela has Salvador Perez, Jose Altuve. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to challenge. I'm just looking at the roster here. Jeremy One of Payne our just playing for the Dominican, right? Huh? Payne just playing for the Dominican? He's on there. One of – one, two, three, four, five, six – Astros on that team. Brian Abreu, Ronel Blanco, Christian Javier, Rafael Montero, Hector Neris, and Jeremy Pena. Blanco is in the designated pitcher pool, could be added to the uh, active roster in one or more of the consecutive rounds. There you go. Yeah, no, it, look, there's a lot of talent in it, so fans are going to have a great time. Players are going to have a great time. Um, you know, it's going it, to be entertaining, if nothing else, so. One of our favorites in this corner of the baseball world, Garrett Stubbs. What team? He's on Israel. I think I'd go, I think Dominican, the Dominican team has to be the favorite. Has to be. Sounds loaded, but you know, you're in Asia too, right? And Otani's going to have, it's going to be bananas. So we'll see. On Thursday, February 9th, the Astros had a preseason luncheon for reporters and media to showcase and highlight the upcoming season i was there and jeremy it was interesting dana brown the new general manager of the astros he was at the podium said a few words and there were a few words that were more than interesting one of those words or phrases was talking about how Dana Brown, his first meeting with Jim Crane, he felt 
because that was the first time he actually met with a team owner during his search to become a, a general manager in Major League Baseball. He thought, wow, I'm getting this job. Like, he felt that this is the job for me. He mentioned that he is a scout first. Talking about who is Dana Brown. He is a scout first. He's done it uh, nearly 30 years. Also mentioned the Astros are a major league team that's pretty much set for 23 and 24. But then this is the one that really stood out to me, and I turned to my colleague Matt Musil, who was sitting next to me. He said his three big things are select, secure, sustain. And he said he will be heavily involved in the draft. That's my strength. Select is obviously targeting the right players in the draft, securing players, signing players to long-term deals. When you look at the history that Atlanta has, recent history in locking up players, it appears as though that is a big thing that he is going to try and do with the Astros and then sustain. And I imagine sustain, if I remember correctly, is re-signing some of your veteran guys like a Bregman or an Altuve or something like that. Um, but sustain is obviously keep the momentum of a championship club. When you hear all of that, Jeremy, I imagine the draft part is what stands out to you most because we've talked so much about that on this podcast and you've lobbed your heaviest criticism at the scouting department of the Astros and their drafts. So I imagine a, it doesn't surprise you one bit that scouting and drafting will be his number one priority and B, this Astros team, the window is open for a couple of more seasons, minimum, but it makes you wonder how much of a role Jim Crane will have moving forward when it comes to signing players like he did in this past offseason with Jose Abreu that he may take the lead when it comes to this stuff. The floor is now yours, Jeremy. That was quite the opening statement. You know, I'm listening to all this, and, I, and I'm, I'm actually, you know, I, I kind of had some stuff queued up that I was going to say. I'm thinking to myself, you know, how do I answer this, and what do I do with this? And, you know, we're kind of, not kind of, I predicted a lot of this, and, you know, so I'm, I'm there. I think we had somebody who said I might be a prophet out there somewhere, and, you know, I, I, you know, I, and then I thought to myself, you know, I got a long history with Dana. I know Dana well, you know, we, you know, we know when Matt mentioned my name to him and his interesting press conference, he lit up. Um, we know that I don't have any interest in working for the organization, right? We've talked about that. I mean, ever at all, nothing against Jim, but just, it's just not, I, I, um, I like where I am. I like what I'm doing. And I consider all those factors, not because I'm trying to talk about me, but because I balance my relationship with Dana Brown, which is a personal one as opposed to the relationship I had with Jeff Luno, which wasn't really one, right? It was, we knew each other, been around each other, knew, but not a whole lot of, but Dana I've had that with. And I guess the integrity in what I do says I have to treat Dana the same way because I can't be, um, and, and the situation that's there now, 
I have to treat that the same because I liked the guy in the chair as opposed to when I didn't like the guy in the chair. I didn't make it personal then. I made it about performance. Well, I got to do it about this now. So that's what was going through my head. And I'm giving you that because I'm going to say some stuff that once again is going to be accurate. Um, maybe not all, all the way fun and popular in some ways, but it's the truth. And what I hear when I hear that is Jim Crane's got the big league club, Bagwell's got player development, and Dana, come make sure you, you get the right guys because our guys can't scout. We're going to go ahead, most of them can't scout. We're going to go ahead and we're going to make sure we get the right players in the system, show them some love, help us rebuild from that bottom line and keep them here in a culture that makes them want to stay. And if you think about that, you've got Carlos Correa who left, which is a circumstance. you got Springer that got out of here as fast as he could, circumstance. you got some guys in Bregman who probably need to be extended. Altuve is a much shorter deal. But you've really got Pena and Tucker and Valdez and Javier and guys that you got you know, you want to keep. And Alvarez, like you want those five guys to go nowhere, right? And if you throw Alex Bregman there, that's six guys. That's a heck of a core. Brantley's not going to be here forever. Altuve's not going to be here forever. But those six have an extended period of time they can be here. Okay, and so if you're thinking about that, it's not just that, but then let's go get us players quickly, knowing that Jim Crane, um, I'm not going to get into what he I think he would at the moment would prefer high school college drafts at the moment. Okay, if you're able to go do that and plug guys in that can help players win, you're not picking at the front. So it's a little different with college guys in the back, but um, be able to go do that. then you may have a chance to extend this window a little longer at a more cost controlled level. When these guys won the World Series in 2017, and I don't care about how they did it, I'm just making a point on their money because they still had the best team, okay? When they won it in 2017, they had like the 17th highest payroll, okay? That's not just middle of the pack. That's the second half of the league, right? Barely, but second half of the league. That tells you they did it with cost-controllable talent. It tells you to do it with guys that um, they, they could afford to pay and they can continue to invest in other pieces, you know, in the club, like a Verlander or whatnot, right? They can go do that. So, Jim Crane is rightfully trying to get back to that, but Dana is not here to be the scouting director. That's not his job. He wasn't hired to be the scouting director or the VP of scouting or the, the special assistant to the scouting director, the special assistant to scouting or, you know, Uber scout or super scout or boy scout or cub scout. It's not what he's here to do. What he's here to do is be the general manager of a major league baseball club. And I said this when he was brought here, that if he's going to be here, not only was he going to come here at a timing when he couldn't affect the big league club, I told, said that directly, and I kept my mouth shut for a couple of months because I didn't know guys in the middle of it, but he was brought here at a time when he couldn't affect the big league clubs. Jim wanted to do it himself. Now, I'm going to pause, and I'm going to say Jim Crane has the right, as the owner, to do whatever he wants to do. And all of us got to sit there and go, hey, man, you bought it. You do what you want with it. That's that's kind of how that works, Okay. On the other side, Dan is brought here to be the GM, and the GM is responsible for all of it. He's responsible for the big league club. He's responsible for player development, not Jeff Bagwell. Nothing against Jeff Bagwell is a Hall of Famer who had a great career, who's a big Astro and a, and a fan favorite. That's not it. Dana Brown is in charge of player. It's his responsibility to have some player development and the guy that he hires to do that. Jeff, if Jeff's going to be the farm director, then Jeff is directly accountable. If he's not going to be the farm director, he's not directly accountable. Dana is still the general manager. Dana is directly accountable. When it comes to the scouting department, if 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 it continues to be gross draft picks, you know, then you've got um, that. Then whoever's in that, whoever's making the the awful gross draft picks, is going to be the one that is accountable. And if and Dana has to help assist that department, and when it comes, and, and he's accountable for that person being in play. 
And when it comes to international scouting, same thing. When it comes to roster management, same thing. It's not Dusty Baker. It's Dusty Baker had, is, is supposed to ha- handle what's on the field. Daniel's supposed to put them in, put them in the seats. Daniel's supposed to put them in uniform. Dusty's supposed to make the guys in uniform perform. And I say that because I hope that what, what I heard today doesn't support everything I was afraid of, is that whoever got this job was going to have their hands tied and was just going to have to focus on one area. So what, the other voices in the room could do what they want to do. Now, let's work, let's work backwards a little bit. Jeff Bagwell said, you know, we're running fine the way we are. This is pre-Dana Brown hire, maybe two-day fan fest, and this was. Running fine the way, the way we are. Jim's got good candidates. Okay. Um, that tells me you don't want anybody else's opinion. I don't care what you say. If you come in here and say that we're running fine the way you are, you don't have a GM in the chair, that means you don't care who's in the seat. That's what it says. Whether you mean to say that or not, that's what it says. I'll say again, they're entitled to do what the heck they want to do. Okay? But it doesn't change what that that hints at. If you say Dana's here to be involved in the draft, well, he should be. He should be involved especially now because, I mean, man, I mean, I – I don't know that I, I've been hammering scouting over there. I don't think that's even enough. I think I've been taking a big axe and like just swinging as hard as I can at some of the scouting performance that they've had because it is historically terrible in the early parts of the draft. Um, in the last decade. But Dane is still a GM, and the GM has to handle all those things. Jim Crane's the owner. Jim Crane has final approval, right? But Dana has has to have his voice and has to plug people in that, that are good. And I hope they give him an opportunity to do what he came here to do. Now, if he took the job thinking he was going to come here and get scouting right and player acquisition right, okay, well, he's going to he'll, he'll put his spin on that, and they'll, I'm sure they'll be fine. Okay, can't get any worse. I'll tell you that, can't get worse. So it'll be it'll be fine. Um, but he put it, he's put in a position with some people that don't want him to be the guy because he doesn't fit their philosophy. That I'll tell you. I'll say that intentionally. There Wait, are people there. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? I mean there are the the philosophies and approach that Dana Brown brings in here that he's done in, in Atlanta, that he had did in Toronto, that he did in Washington, that he did in um, uh, Montreal. Right? I might have missed somewhere, but those four for sure. That's not the philosophies that guys like um, Bill Furcus. Have have succeeded on, or um, what's the uh, the guy that does the model? Uh, not Fergus, the other guy starts with a C. What's his name? They all look the same to me. They look exactly alike, so I can't tell you. And I, not Andrew I don't Ball. Remember. You know I what don't I'm remember. talking about? I mean, it's like all, everybody's got the same Astros thin pullover and khakis and the same haircut and the, same dude, it's the same guy. Take Charles, the degree, took it over. Is it Charles? That's it. Charles Cook. That's it. Okay, same cat, Andrew Ball, Charles Cook, they're all interchangeable. Same dude, rolling around in a circle, same guy. If you, those guys didn't make what they're doing, how they got here, the roles here at the Astros until now, they weren't the same as Dana. So if Dana comes in, he's doing what he's doing, his culture and his view is going to be different. Now, it doesn't mean those guys are gone. It just means that Dana's approach is going to be different. If those guys don't believe in it because they haven't been doing it, they're not going to be happy that Dana's in a chair holding them accountable for something they don't know how to do. That's any organization. That's why you have turnover. That's why you have people that leave. So in an environment where he's going to have some people pulling against him, no matter what they tell you, kumbaya, my Lord. No, they're pulling against him. 
He needs to have – I hope Jim Crane allows him to do his job. If he says the big league club is set for 23 and 24, then I would challenge you, why didn't you sign Wade Miley? Why didn't you re-sign Vasquez? Why are you relying on arms that, ha that have been hurt or haven't thrown more than 120, 125 innings a year to, to pick up your starting rotation? Where's your extra bullpen depth? Where's your extra insurance? Where is your other catcher in the minor leagues, like Tucker Barnhart? Why did you not go get Dom Nunez? Where's your depth there? Where's your extra middle guy? Not the guy you claimed off waivers from the Tigers, but why didn't you go sign somebody out there at low cost to stand the cap anyway? Okay, now, not my decision. Not my decision. But if I'm looking at the big league club is fine, they're set for 23 and 24, anybody goes down. Anybody gets hurt. It's a problem because they don't get trade from the minor leagues, and you don't want to trade off the roster. And the one thing I will give Click, uh, if you can avoid it, James Click, a lot of credit for, was being able to manipulate that the best way he could to try to get guys in here with using his assets. And I'm not saying Dana can't do that. I'm saying there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. You want to trade Corey Lee? What are you going to get back now? You just made him your – you made him your – you're, you're at least your number two, him or Diaz, and the other one's number three because there's nobody else. You didn't go sign Tucker Barnhart. You didn't bring in Vasquez in, knowing Maldonado was on his way out and could caddy a couple of guys and Vasquez could balance him. Worth last year. Why? Because he's Darren Baker's buddy? I'm not saying that's the case. There's no real legitimate reason. That's my point. Corey Lee, you can't let these guys all grow up at the same time in the big leagues. You got lucky with paying you. Nobody ever on their card thought Jeremy Payne would do what he did last year offensively. Nobody. Nobody. Everybody thought he'd pick it up, but not one guy I've ever talked to said, yeah, we had that. We had that in the bag. We had 20 pumps and, you know, we had World Series MVP. And, no. And now you're talking about hitting him seven in the lineup again, which is a whole different place than hitting two. I know this is a long way to say the general manager has to address all that. And if you're worried about staying under the cap, and I promise you they're worried about staying under the cap, and I are the uh, first CBT, they're doing that on purpose because they're way underneath. If you spent $25 million to $30 million more, you still have $20 million to play with. You can't spend that much money at the deadline if you try. But no, they didn't do that. They, they went, went as thin as they could behind the plate, in the middle infield, and on the mound and starting rotation. Those are recipes for disaster. So to stay healthy, great. You don't hope you give the GM a chance to do some things and give them some some assets and weapons to do it with because the draft is going to look different. Player development better look different. And if it doesn't work, I hope Dana's not the fall guy at the front because everybody else is running these departments. I will say I was very impressed with Dana Brown today talking to reporters. He actually gave us substance in his answers. Admitted, yeah, we're we're talking to Christian Javier and his agent. We're talking with Kyle Tucker and his agent. Um, we want those guys around. We we you know we value them. We actually got information about things that are happening a little bit behind the scenes. Not that it's going to, not that it's going to impact negotiations or anything like that. But man, the previous regimes we've had. You'd think they were guarding like Uncle Colonel's uncle, Colonel Sanders, uh, you know, secret chicken recipe because they would not give you anything on anything. So that was really impressive. And I also like the way he handled the question about Yuli Gurriel. Dana Brown smartly said, Well, in baseball, you have wants and needs. And we really need to address our needs. Yuli Gurriel would would probably fall under the category of want because we love him as a 
as a personality and the players love him in the clubhouse and the fans love him. And, but with Jose Abreu here, you know, that's, 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 a, that's a want, and, you know, we're, we're about stressing needs. And as you just mentioned, this team has some serious needs that I'm just so surprised that they have not addressed, but I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know how you could look at this team on paper and yes, I know they're the World Series champions, but I don't know if ego gets in the way, but I, I just, yes, you're right, it's, man. You, huh? It's not that. It's, it's Jim money. Crane clearly, well, money. partially. It's, it's Jim clearly wanted to spend less money than he did before, right? I mean, they've had a high payroll for a while and, and less. I would love, Jeremy, I would love to know what the new deal with Occidental is. They got Oxy patches for seven that. years. Yeah. Wouldn't you um, love I, to know what that deal is worth? I, you know, I, I look at I say that Jim Crane wanted to spend less money than he had before. I think that's clear. I think that he has put an emphasis on getting talent from within, but they don't have anything yet, at least left. Um, I, you know, Chris Gross said to me a couple of years ago, he said, uh, you know, he said, you're hard on us in the draft. It, it's, it, you know, we, we run out of guys putting them on these stages. And I looked at him, I said, well, who'd you put up here? You know, and I, my point is, I think that Jim understands that they need to get better in certain areas and that's great. And he wants to divert some resources there. Suddenly, so I have to believe that at this time. Um, but, but I believe that they held off on some of the signings that they should have made for that type of player and that type of money, because people were leading with their heart instead of their head. And I think that's where a general manager being in here in December or November could have helped steer the ship, and they didn't do that. Um, the guys that are there, I'm very comfortable, or were there around Dana, very comfortable saying don't really make decisions on their own all that well. It's a groupthink environment where somebody's got to step in the room and say, this is what we're doing, okay? Dana will do that. Dana will say, this is what we're doing. But I think before that, that's kind of what they had. It was more of a consensus. What do you think? Well, I think this. Well, what about that? How do you think about this? Well, what about carry the two divided by seven, the hypotenuse? I, I think that's what it was, and, and I don't – they don't understand how to step forward and make baseball decisions. That's not their nature. It's, these guys are going to get upset at me. Get in line. I don't care. Okay. I don't care because I, you know, the one thing about me is I'm going to tell the truth. And I'm not talking about Jim Crane being upset or Bagwell or Biz I'm not. The guys that I'm talking about right now aren't going to be very happy with me, but I, I don't, I, I don't care because I told you this was coming a decade ago, eight, seven years ago to be exact with us. And we're here, we're here. So what I would say is, it's very clear Jim wanted to get underneath it. I think they really need to shore up some, some positions that they had to get some depth at. They're still better on paper and better in, in practicality, provided guys perform than you know, most of the league, if not everybody else, as far as what they look like when they're healthy, right? But you start looking around and Bregman needs a, Bregman might need a minute. Hopefully he doesn't. Alex is a warrior. Hope he, hope he might need a minute. Altuve is a warrior. He might need a minute. You know, Alvarez has has missed some time with injuries. Uh, Maldonado's missed some time with injuries, right? You've got uh, McCullers, who has been, you know, Rich Harden-ish with his with his uh, his breakdowns recently in the last several years. You've got Brown, who's brand new to the scene as far as his meaningful innings. You've got um, uh, McCormick, who seems that who's had a really good, you know, undervalued and underappreciated run so far. Who's earned center field? You've got, you know, Tucker, who uh, has been mostly healthy. And you've got Brantley, who's coming off some injuries. I mean, let's be honest here. So you, you don't have if anybody goes down, 
Pena goes down. Who's playing short? Don't tell me this kid from this kid that came over from Detroit. Who's playing short? Yeah, I don't know why you've got this kid from Detroit. He's a corner infielder. He's like an outfield first baseman. Whatever. So who else is playing middle? So who's David playing short? Hensley would be the guy. His okay. So David so Hensley Hens- is David Hensley is Jeremy Pena's plus one. Okay, so Hensley. That's funny. I know that they said that, but Hensley has to have meaningful innings. Where's your Where's insurance if it's not him? Right. So when I mean, when I say he's doing with your heart, you've got Corey Lee. Pedro Leone. So you got Corey Lee, you got Hensley, and and you've got some guys that Dusty Baker, I promise you, has said, yep, they're my guys. I can do it. I can get them out of them. And if they don't perform, then it's going to be these kids' fault. And I don't think that's right yet. I think you need some more veteran help as insurance, if nothing else. Um, So we'll see. Certainly behind the plate. So we'll see. Kyle Tucker lost his arbitration case. Uh Uh-oh. He will make uh, $5 million instead of the $7.5 million that he requested. Uh, the two point five million was was one of the larger, I think it was one of the larger um, gaps that we had seen during this arbitration process. Um, so now the clock is ticking to see if they can get a get a deal done and and uh, for a for a long term deal. Uh, my guess is that may might take some time, but we'll see. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's going to be difficult. I, it would have been better to keep the relationship with the player and go to six and a quarter. Like you're not talking about 10 and 20, you know, it's two and a half. I know it's a big difference in, in overall money, but in the frame of what you're talking about, let's go to six and a quarter and be done. Doesn't seem to make a lot of sense when you're trying to, when you're trying to, you talk about team and community and the relationships and what makes this group so special um, to haggle over two and a half million bucks. And if you could knock it down a million, Hey, let's meet in the middle for a year. While we talk it out, that just seems like really good faith negotiating. Um, but it's easy it's easy to say that when it's not your money. No, but, no, but it, ha- it happens in clubs where cultures are, are designed to, to retain, which is what we talked about, what Dan talked about today, is is essentially retention. If Kyle Tucker's after seven and a half, he comes down to six and a quarter, and, and the Astros are offering five, and they go up to six and a quarter, if they're not over the CBT, at any level. So I don't understand where the budget's a problem. I, that, you, you know what I'm saying? Like I keep looking at, okay, you didn't want to give Kyle Tucker seven and a half, but you didn't go sign away Miley for five. You didn't want to go give um, uh, Javier his money, right? But you turn around and you're going to, you know, you're going to go, you don't want to sign Tucker Barnhart or you don't want to go, you know what I mean? So I, I don't looking at where this stuff adds up and I'm, what I'm finding is save money, save money, save money. Do you think the analysts, these- do you think the analysts would want a Tucker Barnhart or a Wade Miley? I don't think I don't think that it matters what they want. I think it matters how you're going to help your club get better. I think no one's talking about these guys being your frontline guys. You're asking for insurance and depth. If you have to win a championship, no offense to Tucker Barnhart at this point in his life, or Wade Miley at this point in his life, with with those guys leading your rotation or catching every day, you're not going to win. You have to have those guys eating many, meaningful parts to help a club winning. You, in order to win a World Series, the Astros should know this because they've won two and could have four. You got to have guys like that that know what they're doing in those moments, and you can't rely on three or four unproven guys like a Corey Lee, like a uh, Hunter Brown, right, or another guy that came over as a corner infielder, outfielder off waivers. You can't do that. You have to make sure that you have some depth. Do you know this Brian Abreu that the Astros signed Detroit? Yeah, Tigers big before? big walk rate, big arm. Yep, big big walk rate. That's what stood out to me right away. Yeah. All right, well, we have one minute left, and um, yeah, we continue to um, 
to crank this out. And just, just so you know, Bly Madras, um, he's listed as an outfielder. So whatever. <laughs> Sorry, Bly. Looking forward to seeing it. Spring training. Right? We'll see everybody at spring training. Yeah, I mean, nothing against it. I just roster balance. That's all I'm saying. Roster balance. All right, everybody. For for Jeremy, I'm Jason. Until next time on the Extra Bases podcast, let your uh, let us know what you're thinking. Leave your comments, blah, 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 and we'll see you next time.